what's up and welcome to listening to Sneak Up on the Pedestrian Podcast Network. Proudly brought to you by Platypus Shoes. Sneak Up will keep you on the know across things like music, art, dance and all around culture. There's little thoughts that sneak up in your brain. We're going to chat about them. My name is Jack, your host and avatar for all these epic conversations that we're set to have together. Today, we're speaking with the owners of two brands, each tackling streetwear in their own way. Homie, based in Melbourne, and Any Means, based out of Sydney. We're starting things off with Nick Pierce of Homie. Homie are a Melbourne-based brand that uses 100% of its profits to provide brand new clothing, education, training, and retail employment to young people who have been affected by homelessness. Their garments are simple and carry a similarly simple but important message. Trying to help people and support those in need. While many brands are designed to be seen, as you're about to hear, Home is all about interpreting streetwear in a whole other way and for far more impactful reasons. Nick, dude, thank you so much for coming on the program. It's a pleasure to have you. Mate, it's a pleasure to be on here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's all good, dude. So, I guess, um, I guess I'll start off by just asking, can you explain the ethos of your brand? Yeah, cool. I guess, um, in essence, our brand is really trying to make caring cool um, to our customers, but also obviously um, having a real tangible and, and meaningful impact on the lives of young people who are affected by homelessness or hardship in, um, in Victoria right now, and hopefully that eventually becomes a national thing, but um, very much committed to doing things with quality and care, and especially, uh, I guess, given the nature of the area that we work in, um, it's, it's really important that obviously we do things with just diligence and integrity. I feel like I'm really off these um, <laughs> words, but they're, they're core values to us as no, an organisation. Sure. Sounds genuine. I'll talk about the style for a bit and then we can talk more about sort of, you know, the actual ethos of everything. Yep. So for you, what are your biggest style inspirations when creating your garments? Like what is it about these that you find so inspiring? I guess um, for us, obviously, you know, our, I guess our look and feel is very much around youth culture and, and trying to make sure that we're progressive with our designs. But also, I guess we also have these subtle nods to um, the issue that we're trying to support. So our, I guess our brand tagline is a label for the streets. Um, and that's kind of that play on streetwear clothing as well as obviously supporting the issue of homelessness. Um, so it's kind of very much, uh, I guess, influenced under that manner and, and it's really about guerrilla tactics for us. Obviously, this initiative kind of started from the ground up, from the streets. So we've tried to emulate that in, I guess, our garments and our designs to make sure that they are sort of edgy, um, progressive um, and sometimes provocative in the sense of, uh, I guess, trying to stimulate a conversation. So I'll reference a piece that's just come out from our um, range that we did a launch at Vamp through. And um, it's got uh, a big 38 on the back of it. And it looks like a sports jersey, like a NFL sort mm. of top. Um, but 38 correlates to the percentage of um, youth experiencing homelessness in our country. So it's one of those things where I guess we're also trying to subtly push this message, but not shove it down your throat. So it's yeah. kind of intended that our garments are always first and foremost, you know, they look good, but obviously you can sort of understand through that purchase that there's real impact that's being made there. So local is really important to us. We do a lot of collaborations with artists, obviously, and, and create these limited capsule ranges, which is very popular and successful um, and a great way for us, I guess, to open ourselves up to new audiences. But it's very much, I guess, based around that art scene um, as, as well as yeah, always ensuring that I guess um, we're adhering to those core values of what we've tried to create within our organisation. And as you've spoken about, authenticity is really important. So our garments currently all being produced in Melbourne is, is awesome as well. So that mm. local supporting the economy, yep. obviously, it's really important to make sure that we are at all times, um, you know, trying to do the, the, the best um, that we possibly can. And um, that obviously correlates not just through our programs, but also our, our garments. So they're kind of, I guess, a couple of the influences. But I must admit, I can't take the cake 
for um, the, the vast majority because that's certainly done by one of the other co-founders, Marcus, um, who's the creative director. And mm-hmm. um, I guess he's got a real eye for what looks good. Um, <laughs> and I kind of, I, I guess, um, I'm a bit more white bread in that sense yep. um, and not as daring in my um, expression uh, with, my, with my garments. But um, the good thing about home is that there's something for everyone. I think mm. that's really important that there is that real directional um, piece that we have. Also, the fact that someone like me can whack on a white tee with a bit of a subtle logo and that kind of, you know, it, it's awesome the fact that, you know, anyone can kind of wear it without um, worrying about, you know, is it too much or, or anything else. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's a very, uh, yeah, as I said, I think progressive is a great way to sort of encapsulate what our brand's about. Yeah, cool. I guess um, that sort of something for everyone mentality really plays in a lot to how you're able to appeal to everyone so everyone can make a difference in, you know, purchasing your clothes and working with you in that way as well. So. Exactly. It's all about making it, I was just said, like carrying core is a really important component of it, but also making it easy and accessible. You know, obviously it's, it's a different um, means of garnering support as opposed to rattling a tin. It's like you get something for yourself that, you know, looks great. It's produced, you know, with very high quality standards and ethically as well, mm. but it's making a real tangible impact on often the person who's serving you on the shop floor on their own life, which is awesome. What do you think are the biggest challenges facing you as a young brand? Yeah, great. So I think some of the biggest challenges that we're faced as a young brand, um, obviously, is, is scale. Wanting to make sure that we can improve um, and, and and ensure that we can get to more people, um, but at the same token, quality is such an important component of what we do, and and a quality in our program delivery as well as our production, as well as our customer service. Um, it's a really interesting consideration. Obviously, we don't want to go mass. Um, because I think we would compromise on that. I think we want to make sure that at all times we have conscious growth and we grow in the right areas. Um, but all the, um, I guess, the things that keep any small business owner up at night time, obviously paying rent and, and your stock is a large expense and looking after your staff and everything else, um, you know, you, you incur the same considerations that anyone else does, I guess. But um, furthermore, we also, given the fact that our program works with people um, and, and trying to intercept them at a critical time in their life and, and provide an alternative pathway, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a really um, big responsibility. Mm. So um, we're also so conscious of that in, in terms of growth as a business, um, ensuring that at all times we're doing the best thing by the people that we're trying to support. Um, so that kind of guides us a lot of the time, which is good. It helps us when we're trying to make these difficult decisions because ultimately we're a purpose-led, impact-led business. So any decision that we make is around what is going to be, um, I guess, in the best interest of the people that we're trying to support. So that makes it easier. Definitely, I can imagine that would. I'd be interested to know from a creative point of view, if you can tell me about what the creative process is, like yep. in layman's terms, like how do you get from ideation to the creation of a garment? If you could like break it down to someone that's never really understood how that kind of thing yeah. works. Oh, look, it's a really great question. I mean, I think the first thing is obviously we like to pick a theme um, in, in terms of what we'd like to base, you know, our, our range around. And mm-hmm. as I said, Marcus has a real intuitive um, process that he goes through, but um, he draws inspiration from a number of different sources. But I think largely... Um, he, he travels to Japan and South Korea mm. who are really leading the way in terms of what's cool definitely um, as, as inspiration um, and obviously you know you can garner that from various places like Pinterest is an amazing resource Instagram mm. I mean it's sort of just obviously getting a bit of that mood board together what you'd like to try and create but for us it's about a theme I think we always try and find a way to correlate um, the brands and the range to our impact and having that subtle messaging um, at, at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the first thing is, okay, what do we want to sort of try and create um, as, you know, for, for thematic purposes? Um, and then I guess the range is really informed by that. We're lucky to have a merchandise um, an ethics and sustainability um, manager who helps in that process. But it's really a case of we have a very small team. We have Marcus, he's our creative director, who um, 
is, is the lead graphic designer. We have a support graphic designer um, and then our product person. So it's a very small team um, and there's a lot of um, consultation between um, I guess the the team mm-hmm. um, and, and and it's really a case of obviously um, these ideas being brought together with some basic concepts and then for us obviously it's really important as a business to ensure that you know there's commercial viability f- for us so it's a case of when the designs have been presented then taking them to the product person and getting them costed and evaluated and saying looks fantastic but actually to be able to achieve what we're looking for here it's going to cost an absolute arm and a leg mm. and the customer might not be willing to pay that yep. so we revise our garments obviously based on those considerations um, and then once that kind of has been tended to I guess that's where we'll sort of take out the um, I, I, I guess the items that you know aren't going to sort of um, be in the range not to say that they won't appear in another one mm-hmm. um, a lot of the time you know the range is also informed on former bestsellers so if you're dropping an order winter collection you'll look back at what was successful during you know autumn winter last year um, and you'll make adjustments if there's a color for instance if it is pastel pink then you know you and it sold very well um, largely you know you'd think that that would actually translate you know to this time mm. so we'll ensure that those pieces are captured as well um, and then it's a case of going out to our supplier um, presenting obviously um, our, our designs um, and then grabbing the samples and that's where obviously a lot of the, the product testing comes, you know, in terms of stretching and washing and, and how does that all work. Mm-hmm. Um, and once we're happy with that, obviously we'll proceed with making the order um, and our garments will be produced. They're made out in Reservoir, a fantastic supplier called Qualitops, family-run business. Um, and it's been going for over um, 20 years um, and we've got some fantastic content on that, but it's awesome to be able to go out to the factory and see that the garment's being produced. For sure. Um, and then those are um, transported across to our um, printer at Wordwood Press, which is out in... Um, Moravan, mm-hmm. um, print it, and then it comes to our store. So it's a big process, mm. um, but it's necessary for us to get that quality product. Um, and, you know, it's going from one end of Melbourne to the other. It's literally a massive commute and then coming back um, towards where it was actually made. Mm. Um, but it's necessary for us to achieve our desired outcome, which is a real quality offering and obviously done in an ethical and sustainable manner. Definitely. I think you've got to go the extra distance to ensure that something like that's going to happen. Absolutely. And I think customers care about that. They I was want just it. about to say, it's, yeah. It's amazing to be able to articulate the journey to them, you know, and that what looks like just a T-shirt, what's gone behind that is you just, you wouldn't even um, dream of it. Like it's, it's incredible what goes into, you know, putting a white T-shirt on the shelves. Yeah, for sure. And especially when you do it ethically, like so many people would just assume like, oh, this is another white T-shirt. Those get made in factories all the time. Why should I care? Yeah. But like if you're able to illustrate that to people, like that builds so much more of a connection with them. Absolutely. And then obviously the added... Um, bonus of uh, I guess for us of being able to communicate that this has real purpose this purchase not only is it made in you know a fantastic um, manner but obviously um, when you purchase um, this this garment there's some genuine impact and real change happening as a result cool man we'll be back to our interview with Nick in two seconds but first here's a word from our sponsor it goes without saying that everyone is always trying so hard to feel fresh whether that's thinking a new way, doing something differently, or acting like someone they're not. But what if all it took was blazing your own trail? This is Sneak Up, a platypus shoes podcast dedicated to all kinds of people thinking like that. What do you think is the hardest thing about running the label? Um, that's a really good question. About running the label, I mean, as I said, like you've got daily worries um, and nothing's ever perfect. Um, so I, I guess for us, um, you know, it's, it's always ensuring that we're adhering to, you know, those, those key qualities that we want to make sure, um, you know, we abide by at all times. So, you know, that transparency and integrity, um, but also communicating the purchase. I think for us, given that our brand is so much more than just um, a clothing label, 
um, as I said, it's really it's a community. Um, it's you know we we have our homies who are the loyalists who I guess at all times want to make sure that they are happy and content with what we're communicating to them around the impact mm-hmm. is so crucial. Um, as well as um, finding avenues for them to feel generally involved um, and not just buying a T-shirt as a direct means of support. Obviously, that's the best way to support us initially. Mm-hmm. But creating avenues for people to feel part of it and, and be part of you know, your family and retain them. Because um, when you go the extra mile with those things, that's where you get your return customers and your loyalists, which actually builds sustainability for your organisation. So I think for us, the greatest challenge, given the fact that we have, we're trying to run a business as well as we're running, you know, like a, you know, a program that's, there's, there's nothing like it in, in the retail industry in Australia at this point in time. Um, you know, it, there's, a, there's a few complexes. Um, so I, I guess just trying to juggle the two of those, um, as well as the fact that obviously we prioritise our impact first and foremost always. Mm. Um, sometimes there'll be, you know, a commercial loss because of the fact that we've made a conscious decision um, to ensure that we're putting this person first and foremost. So those things uh, are interesting, but the fact that obviously we have clarity in what we're actually here to do um, helps to inform and make sure that you know there's peace of mind knowing that the decision we've made is the right one. Mm. Just sticking to that all the time, I suppose, would be guns. a blessing and a curse. Absolutely. And be unapologetic. You know, um, it's it's awesome um, to be able to you know wake up and know that. It, it's it's having a real difference, you know. The fact that in this room we're sitting right now, there are young people who come here every Monday and you know are learning and 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 I guess their lives are improving, um, and it's largely driven by themselves is is kind of surreal. So it's it's great to be able to contribute in some way towards that. For sure. This is Soulmates on Sneaker, the only place for chats about what our guests are loving on their feet. Uh, if you could pick a footwear brand that you think goes perfectly with the homey vibe, who do you think it would be? Reebok. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Man, <laughs> um, I just love their look and, and vibe and feel. Like, I love that, once again, like that 90s sort of throwback pieces and those vintage range, you know, that they have. But once again, it, it, there's, there's small runs, you know, like the fact that it's like exclusive stuff. It's one of a kind. It's like, it's very inspirational for us as a brand. It's like, that's how you do it. Mm. You create such demand and then it's like, it's off the shelf and you yeah. can't get it again. And then it pops up elsewhere. So... I'm inspired by how they go about it, their, their sales strategy. Cool. Yeah, it's all about building that hype a lot of the time, hey? It's epic. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really cool. <laughs> what is the future for Homie? I think the future for Homie, we've been so lucky and successful um, through collaborating and working with others and uniting people towards a common goal. Um, you know, the reality is, as I've spoken about, we never want to bite off more than we can chew and make sure that we do everything that we can um, with absolute quality and care and diligence. So the fact that we can actually also now take what we do, use this industry retail, which is the biggest employer of young people, and unite businesses that would traditionally be competitors with one another towards a common goal of providing opportunities and, 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 um, and jobs and careers for young people who really need them, is very special. So I guess we're really hoping that we can kind of create a culture of, of collaboration between um, former competitors, um, if you will, but also, I, I guess, ensure that people understand how to tackle the issue the right way. And, and, and as I said, it's, it's really important to make sure that we do it um, with integrity and we do it in a comprehensive manner and, and, and in a very considered way. So um, it's really about collaboration, honestly. If it's key, it's what's brought us to where we are now. It's what's keeping us going. Um, that's how we're scaling. We're not, not be able to scale our business right now. But the fact that we can leverage some of these partnerships with these awesome retailers who have, you know, amazing staff and resource to be able to offer, you know, an opportunity of a lifetime for a lot of people um, is really cool. So hopefully you'll just see more young people. You'll become aware that there's, you know, more young people working in these retail stores and and some of them, um, 
you know, it, it means more to them than the, the, the average person because obviously um, something special is, is happening. Definitely. Uh, that was great. Thanks. Cool. Well, that's it, man. Thank Ethics, you so dude, much for sick. coming on the show. It's been such a pleasure. Mate, it's been a, honestly the pleasure being all mine. Up now, we're speaking with Josh Foon of Any Means. While Homie provided us with a great perspective on an already established brand able to tackle important social issues, Any Means is a great story of how all it takes is some motivation to make being creative a part of your life. Kicking off in 2014, Any Means as a brand has created a loving and close family of people who consistently make them a sellout. My chat with Josh today touches on a number of things, but perhaps the most notable points are step-by-step instructions to would-be designers, how one might look to break into such a bustling industry, and how he hopes to leave a mark in his own way. Sweet. So, Josh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. So, I guess to start off, to give people like a nice little introduction to who you are and what you do, could you give us a bit of an ethos of Any Means? Uh, I guess in terms of Any Means, it's a brand that I started about at the end of 2014. Started it just as I finished TAFE. Uh, I've always kind of wanted to do my own brand. And I guess uh, going around and seeing stores when I was around that age, I was always looked through racks like, not to be cocky, I would just look through it like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. I guess I could do that, I'd do that. And then I guess one day I just sat down and did it. Cool. Um, in terms of personally, uh, I see it as my melting pot for everything creative. Mm-hmm. Like a little outlet. Yeah, I guess so. Because uh, I've got a lot of creative blood from my family. So I guess I figured I'd find an ultimate melting pot for me to put everything together. Cool. Yeah, why not? And who are like your largest sort of style inspirations when you create your garments? Like, is, is there anyone in particular? What is it about them that you find so inspiring? Uh, I wouldn't look up to anyone like singled out. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of design, I'm in- inspired by everything I look at. So... When I'm out every day, I always look at like buildings and cars and everything that passes me by and everything that I can put my eyes on. And I kind of try to see a design element to it. But in terms of uh, people like or designers that have had some impact on me, I guess in terms of my generation, Tyler Creator has had a big influence on everyone. Yeah, cool. So he's kind of not some not even talking about his designs in general, but his his attitude towards the way he's gone about it. He's kind of uh, gone and done exactly what he's wanted to do is created his own world and uh, done it exactly the way he wants to um there's a plenty of other designers that i could talk about all day as well <laughs> but i guess that's the one that i keep my eyes on the most i guess for sure yeah he's always releasing a lot of really interesting stuff i definitely have lots more golf stuff than other brands i would say so slick and i guess um you were talking before about like how you sort of find inspiration in architecture and stuff how do you translate those sources of inspiration into putting them on a garment uh, I guess architecture is a, is a good one that you mentioned, um, but I think it's just design in general, just like everything from the, the largest buildings to like the smallest uh, piece of tech, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very typography, geometry and line based, mm-hmm. so I like, oh and on top of that as well, I'm a little bit of a neat freak like slash OCD. Yeah. So I like everything looking really neat, really clean. Mm-hmm. And I guess I kind of tie that into my designs a little bit too. Yeah, cool. I guess good architecture is neat and clean. So, I mean, modern architecture anyway. Yeah, cool. This is a bit of a tricky one just because I know that it's an issue that a lot of people are facing. You mentioned to one of my coworkers before that you noticed they're wearing a hemp shirt. Um, what do you think of the concept of fast fashion? Uh, fast fashion, I, I understand it. Um, 
in terms of a uh, how can I say it? in terms of a consumability. So I can see how that works and how it and how like that market is successful. Mm. Um, but obviously, we're in a world that needs to improve on how we consume things mm-hmm. and. Hopefully, in the future, I can try and make some of those decisions for my brand as well. Yeah, cool. I think that's it's important, and like especially with sort of like a brand that's just starting out, it might be quite difficult. But as long as it's something that you know everyone's conscious of, as long as of. it's something that's kept in mind that you that like it's one of the goals in the future that you wish to work towards. Yeah, for sure. So I was going to say, like, how do you think that that relates to your own brand? Do you think it's just something for the future? Have you put any um, like I, do you get things printed locally? Uh, I do have things printed locally. I have my friends in uh, Marrickville. Shout out to Fresh Teas. Um, they do look after me. They have been looking after me since 2014, since I printed my first run. Mm-hmm. So those are the guys that I look up, that look after me. Sorry, um, and it's always good to support someone local doing it as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of sustainability, uh, apart from my brand, I'm really into vintage, and I love to thrift, and I love to buy secondhand things. I'm always collecting like little things and clothes that I probably don't need. But I mean, that's all, like we all collect something that we don't need. Yeah. Um, but I would, like every now and then I try to tie it into my brand. So in the past I've done collections on vintage denim. So I've gone and thrifted vintage denim and then printed on it mm-hmm. and uh, customized it myself to make it one of one. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to tie that in a little bit more to my brand in the future as well. Yeah, cool. What do you think are the biggest challenges facing you personally as a young designer? Biggest challenges facing me as a young designer would be just me as myself, because it is, because this is my brand and it's only so big at the moment, um, it is only still myself that's running it. So I do everything top to bottom. Besides my friends that print the garments for me, um, I do everything top to bottom, where it's, uh, whether it's uh, designing, photography, marketing, uh, posting and packing and everything. So I do everything myself. So I guess in terms of getting all the work done, um, that would be probably one of the biggest challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, just running it myself and finding the motivation every day to push it a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of it, hey. Was, was that good? <laughs> yeah, man, that was that was it, that was perfect. I find that that's probably the same way with a lot of young creatives is like so many people are trying to do it all the time that it's like, oh, I have to learn how to do all of these things. Yeah, of course. But at the same time, I think um, the challenges are only so big in the terms of how many answers are already put in front of us, how many brands we've seen come up and go, mm. and uh, all the lessons that are there to already learn for myself, and um, all the inspirations there anyway. So you've like, yeah, as I said, so as we've seen many brands come and go, we've seen what they've done right, what they've done wrong. So it's very accessible for us to find and learn from mistakes or lessons or things that they've done in the past that we can look at look at it for ourselves and be like, that, like, I can go about it that way. Mm. Or I might have to avoid doing it that way because I've seen in the past it might not work. Um, but at the same time, you always have to take risks and figure out things the hard way. For sure, like anything. Mm. How would you describe your creative process in layman's terms? Like, how do you get from the ideation to the creation of a garment? Yeah, so I guess, like, looking around town, I was just saying before, like, just looking for inspiration everywhere and always seeing it. Um, seeing a little bit of design in anything whether it's how a building is designed or like a, the wheel of a car is made. Mm. Um, I guess it all ties into how everything kind of comes together in terms of the brand, in terms of like design. Mm-hmm. Like things usually just uh, come to me, I guess, like I'll just be chilling around the house every now and then I'll be like, hmm, this is nice, let me try this. Or I'll see a font on like a product or something. And I'll be like, That's, I like the way they've gone about that, like mm. how they've positioned the lettering and the logo and all that. So 
it's always nice to give something a try and see if it works or not. I guess it's all trial and error that you need to go by. Was there a defining moment where you thought to yourself that you really wanted to do this, like, not full-time, but all the time? Uh, I guess so. I guess there was a point, yeah, actually, when I was in school. So, because I always knew I wanted to do my own brand, mm-hmm. I guess I knew that's what I was going to do with my own time, like with my spare time at least. Mm-hmm. So I guess it starts as a hobby, and then you work it up, work it up, work it up. And then hopefully one day I'll be able to quit my regular job and do that full time. Um, but yeah, I guess it is something that I want to work towards making a bit more of a larger scale in my life. Mm. How do you think you want to go about doing that? What do you uh, think the steps are to go about doing that? The steps. I think in terms of the steps, I think you have to be patient. So as I said, like, as you always hear, like good things take time. So I've got nothing but patience for this brand and hopefully it'll blossom in the future if I do all the right things. Um, again, it all comes down to learning, learning as much as you can. So you can't just start up a brand and say, yeah, I know everything already. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to make your mistakes. You have to find out what works for you and what doesn't. You have to keep, you have to be aware of like, whatever, like what's happening in your world and in terms of not only internationally, but locally as well. Um, keep your eyes on other brands and how they do things. So you always got to have an open mind and be ready to learn about something um, and then figure out how to apply it to yourself. So, yeah, I guess it's all, it's all a big learning curve. But in terms of the steps I might have to take, I guess just keep growing it, keep doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. and uh, just do it a little better each time. Yeah. So hopefully... Hopefully all the hard work will pay off in the end. We'll see. What is the, um, what's the best thing about running your own label? The best thing about running my own label mm. is being able to say, I did that. Like there's, there's no better feeling than being able to own the work. Mm. And um, as well as that is seeing people wear it. That's probably one of the most rewarding things to see. Yeah. So like even like I've even seen people that I don't know wearing my brand around town. Yeah. And people always message me every now and then with photos like I saw this guy wearing your shirt over here. I'll show you. This guy's wearing your hat. It's like oh dope. Like who is this guy? Yeah. And it's like oh he's, he's said his name so and so. And I'm like damn I've never met this guy before. Like that's so sick. Um, but yeah it's it's definitely rewarding. That's probably one of the most rewarding things to say that it's your own. I think yeah. That's what I love the most. Do you think there's a particular brand of footwear that goes perfectly with any means? Air Force Ones. <laughs> yeah, that was so fast. Yeah, I'm going to be buried in those shoes. Yes, dude. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Just so cash? Uh, Air Force Ones because I say it's a shoe that I've grown up around. Mm. And... I actually owe this to my brother because my brother's a little bit older than me. So when I was growing up and I was young, my brother would always be buying Air Force Ones. When there was like, when you could not buy enough Air Force Ones. Mm. Um, so every now and like, whenever he'd go out, I'd creep into his room and like, look at all the little, like, look at all the different Air Force Ones. Like, oh, these are sick, these are sick. <laughs> and so I guess now that I'm the age that I can kind of save up and afford some of them, um, I'm collecting all the ones that I grew up seeing within my childhood. So, cool. Um, but yeah, Air Force One, it's... It's just the best looking sneaker, I think. 
like it's such a perfect canvas and a perfect platform to do whatever you want with it mm. you can either keep it straight white on white mm. or you can turn it inside out and do everything you want with it like how public square ny and off-white has done their own flip on it so yeah. there's a million ways you can approach that shoe which is amazing mm. it's a blank canvas yeah it's a perfect canvas mm. what footwear brand in your opinion do you think is bringing out like really solid designs uh, uh nike always Nike. it's always nike i'm always a source boy yeah why is that? What do you think they're really doing that's fresh? Uh, they just, they always just make the right moves, man. Like in terms of marketing, design, they're always trying to, like, I think one thing that they've stuck by, which keeps them successful is they've stuck to their original ethos, which is sportswear. Mm. So whereas other brands have changed their recent ethos from sportswear to more lifestyle, and they're trying to branch more to that market. Mm. Nike not only does that as well, but they keep their original their original ethos of it being a sportswear brand. So they're always trying to push forward and make something new, something new in ter- terms of technology, mm-hmm. working with athletes still, whereas some uh, brands are more strictly working with celebrities and influencers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love Nike and how, how they've come such a long way and they have mm-hmm. such a rich heritage and culture. Like um, you have people that want to buy all the newer stuff, but you have collectors that are still waiting for shoes from the 70s to retro so they can yeah. go right to the store and buy it again yeah so yeah there's there's a nike for everyone there's a big family yeah it's, for sure. it's a huge family it's such a rich culture for that brand like that's i guess that's another to tie back to your influence question i guess nike is another huge one too cool and they've kept their they've also kept their phrase their tagline forever which is just do it and they've made it work a million ways for themselves mm. my last question man if um if you could give a piece of advice to anyone out there who's thinking, I'd like to start doing something, but I don't know where to start, particularly in you know, making clothes, what would you tell them? Uh, make it for yourself first. So make sure you're happy with your own product. Make it for you to wear first. That's the way I've always done it for myself. So I've always looked at designs and said, um, I'm going to do this for me because I like this. And if people want to buy it, if people want to wear it, then that's cool. That's the icing on the cake. So always do it for yourself first because you should be your first customer. So there you have it, another episode of Sneak Up. Whether you're thinking about designing your own clothes for fun or open to reconsidering why it is that you support a brand, hopefully there was something in that episode for everyone. Be sure to give Any Means and Homie a sus over on their socials at anymeansofficial and at homie.com.au to throw some support behind everything that they're doing. And while you're at it, chuck a follow to Platypus at platypus underscore sneakers and pedestrian TV at pedestrian TV. And to stay in the loop on all things Sneak Up, don't forget to subscribe to the Pedestrian Podcast Network. I'll be back in a fortnight. But till then, keep it sneaky.